Hi everyone and welcome back to Culture Cubes. I am Renee Rhodes. I am here with Larry Zoll and uh, we are from Tour Guide Games. Today uh, we would like to talk a little bit about games specifically. We've talked a little bit about team culture and what that can mean for you and your workplace. We're going to continue to talk about that as the name of the podcast is a Culture Cubes, but we specifically use games and Gamification does have a very relevant place in, uh, in workplaces. We'd like to dive into a little bit more why games. So, Larry, I'd like to pose this question to you first. What benefits have you personally enjoyed from games? Yeah, I think the benefits, the benefits of gaming is, is really getting closer together. I think, um, I think ultimately, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's your coworkers, whatever it is, why do you pull out a game? Why do you go and pull out Monopoly from the closet? Because you want something to do for the next 12 hours? You want to yell at your, your friends and family? Yeah. It's because you're looking for something, you're looking for something to do with the people that you have a relationship with, um, or that you want to build a relationship with, or that you want to learn more about. No, I I love playing games with my nine-year-old because whether it's like Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride, you know, there's a level of strategic thinking that comes along with that, and it helps um, helps to develop that in kids. Or whether it's games like Dungeons and Dragons or Terraforming Mars or whatever it is that you want to play with your friends that help you, you know, really start to stretch your brain to figure out what you know that your friends don't or whatever. I mean, I think. You know, people play games for different reasons, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is that you're playing these games because you want to enjoy your time with people. Yeah, you know, I don't want to steal your answer, but I feel like my response is very similar, maybe like adjacent, because it is connection, but it also provides a structure for that connection. It is a, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to play this game for the next few hours. And it's just a way to facilitate that in a very different way than watching a movie, um, which is maybe a little less engaging, maybe has more bulk on the, the end conversations. I'm thinking about times where I've played games with my family or games with my partner. We have a good shelf, uh, several shelves on our bookshelf dedicated to board games and we do watch a lot of tv on regular weeknights but when we're looking for something a little bit more and to kind of change it up board games have been a great way to turn to and personally i got started with dungeons and dragons before i even really learned how to approach new board game rules uh which was pretty backwards as Dungeons and Dragons can be a very complicated rule set for a relatively new game player. But I was uh, at a very low point in my life. I was struggling a lot with health issues and mental health on top of that. And having just the Friday night game session to come sit down with friends, eat some snacks, play some games, and also not feel like I had to try too hard was just a, a, a huge relief for me. I, I loved that facilitation of connection. Sure. I mean, I think in, in addition to the connection, I think in a lot of those games, in a lot of the games that you're talking about, 
the escapism is an important part of it too. It is. You know, it's being able to facilitate that level of connection without necessarily having to think about what Larry is doing for the, the next three hours, right? Yeah. It's about, it's about you know, whether, whether or not you're playing a role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or whatever it is, right? It's not necessarily about becoming a character. It's just maybe not being you for a couple hours, right? It's, yeah. It's about connecting with people in a way that sort of removes all of the outside noise. That's absolutely true. It is uh, it's kind of, it provides structured time for connection that is away from the other busyness. Yeah. Yeah. So to take that and expand on it a little bit, beyond what you've personally enjoyed from games, what benefits do games provide generally? I think, I mean, look, I think we've, we've explored some pretty universal themes here, right? It's, I think games provide ways for people to connect. Games provide ways for people to understand how each other work. Um, games can, can highlight strengths or, um, or expose weaknesses. There's a million different ways that you can you can approach uh, approach any number of games, um, and depending on how you want to interpret um, the outcome of that game, whether you're saying whether it's something you won or something you lost or something that you had to um, to work together as as a, as a team to beat the game and not you know not necessarily work against each other. Um, there's there's a ton of different benefits of, of gaming and, and not ones that you need to feel like you're a gamer to accomplish. Um, you know, people use this term of, as of gamer as, as, as a way to classify themselves. But I think what gaming does, what playing games does is, is allow people to explore themselves and explore their relationships with people and explore their relationships with concepts and analysis and, um, and, and all kinds of stuff. And that's, that's why I think gaming is so interesting. There are so many different ways to apply, you know, what you can get out of a simple set of rules. And I think it's fair to acknowledge that every game is different too. Uh, even within board games, you have uh, games that are centered more on competition or games that are centered more on cooperation. So each one will have uh, different reveals about the person next to you based on whether you're working against them or working with them. For something like games of the imagination and role-playing games like we focus on at Tour Guide Games, it can go further beyond just what the structure of the game allows and into uh, practicing critical and creative thinking to overcome the problems that you are presented within the story. It can Focus in on specifically how you communicate with each other to work and overcome those problems as they arise. It can highlight the, the different roles of each member of a team and the knowledge that they share. That goes back to transactive memory a little bit more and how uh, each person's responsibilities and knowledge are important in their own right, but not everyone can have and access those. That has to be something that is shared, uh, a shared burden among individuals. And games of the imagination tend to really highlight things like that, which is why we get so excited about them and which is why we use them in scenarios where we are working to strategically build culture long term. 
I, you're absolutely right. I don't know if I would say that it exposes a shared burden, um, but I think what it, I think you're you're absolutely right about the about how how it helps people develop critical critical thinking and analysis and all of that. Sure, sure. To add some clarity there, I just mean if if one person were holding all of the knowledge, it would be a burden. And so to to share something like that among team members alleviates that. No one person is responsible for carrying more than any of the others. So while games can provide all of these different pillars uh, of, of experience, uh, generally for players, they can also be very intentionally targeted for teams. These are, are people who work together on a daily basis and need to be able to focus on cooperation, uh, enhancing channels of communication, uh, problem solving together. Uh, these are all things that do come up in games, but we talked a little bit about the escapism earlier. Addressing them in a game setting is a, a way to practice these skills without actually having to be in the middle of a workplace fire or a, a project, uh, issue, struggle. So these games facilitate a better time to practice and uh, specifically work on improving teams' abilities in all of these different categories. That's absolutely right. And I think that comes back down to the intentionality of it. Because these things might develop over time. This, this collaboration, this, this team dynamic, um, hopefully does develop over time. But if you treat it with intentionality, if you, if you make it a goal, if you build it, then it's something that can develop much more quickly and uh, can develop uh, much stronger um, than if it were left to just happen over time. And um, to your earlier point, you know, ease, that, ease that, that burden of that one person who may have way more institutional knowledge than, uh, than anyone else has. But if you if you work together to foster this culture, to foster this communication, um, then uh, then the intentional uh, aspect of that will pay off in droves. So I think a lot of what we've talked about today can help answer the question: Why games? Uh, why games on a personal level? Why games for teams and culture building? But to your point earlier, I think next episode let's dive in a little bit to. What if I'm not a gamer? As a hypothetical question, and uh, we hear that one a lot. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Culture Cubes. <laughs>